Welcome to Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalists John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hi, everyone. I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode 24. Yeah, kind of live from the woods. It's the WBU Barred Owl Nesting Cam. Yeah, if you're an owl lover, we're going to turn you on to one of the coolest ways to truly experience the lives of the barred owl family. But be careful, you might just get hooked. Have you ever experienced hearing an owl? Have you even ever experienced being able to see an owl in person in the wild? Well, maybe you have or maybe you haven't. But today you're going to find out why hundreds of thousands in over a hundred different countries are tuning in to watch a live owl nest cam from egg to wing. Yeah, this is going to be good. All right, Brian. Man, going to have a fun program today, aren't we? Yes, talking owls. And not just owls, but... Nesting owls. Literally one of the coolest nesting box cams that is out there, WBU Barred Owl Nesting Cam. I mean, how cool is that? But but before we do that, we usually like to touch base kind of, it's it's the Ides of March, it's middle of March, and, you know, things are changing almost daily, uh, so we usually kind of just touch base about what's going on. I have to say, honestly, it's not been terribly exciting in my yard. I did get my first cowbird of the year. I definitely <laughs> got my first grackle of the year, which is, you know, it's mm-hmm. fun to see, but it's not terribly, terribly exciting. Um, the squirrels have been putting on one heck of it. They're just having a blast out there running around on my hillside and everything else. So that's been fun. How about you? Any any cool things happening? Uh, mine's been pretty similar. Uh, the pileated woodpeckers, mom and dad separately, are both coming back. I usually get them in the spring and the fall because they nest somewhere else deeper in the neighborhood. So I've got my springtime with them. But one of the really cool things that I heard was from one of our coworkers <laughs> yeah. recently. So exciting. Now, we have nicknamed her Mother Nature. Mother Nature. Because it is incredible what happens in her yard with birds and wildlife. I won't say we're competitive. (laughs) No, not at all. As to what we see in our yards. But yeah, this is really cool. She just figured out yesterday that she has a sycamore tree in the back portion of her property that has the top that's kind of been blown out and broken off. And apparently, great horned owls took up residence probably sometime late in January and have youngsters. And they just, she and her husband just (laughs) spotted this yesterday. So they are in for a huge treat. Oh, definitely. And those great horned owls are so cool because they're all across North America. But the barred owls that we're talking about today, they're pretty much either your Eastern North America and a little bit on the West Coast, but also up in British Columbia. So they're across a good portion of North America, but let's really dig in, John, and start talking about the WBU Owl Nest Cam. Yeah, this is one of the coolest things. I truly mean that. This is just so cool. And you can get hooked on this thing. You you start watching it, and, and it's hard to tear yourself away. You're likely to lose a little sleep overnight as you see the, the activity going on in this nest box. It's way cool. And... This is so special, too, because our CEO and founder of Wild Birds Unlimited, Jim Carpenter, is broadcasting the nest box that's in his own back 
yard. How cool is that? <laughs> I know. And Jeff's been doing this for a long time. So we are thrilled to death. Here's the surprise. We have Jim Carpenter with us today to tell us all about the Bardell Nest Box and the backstory on the on the Nest Box. So welcome, Jim. Hi, guys. And thank you. And so glad to be here. Great to have you, Jim. So so this is can you give us just the backstory on how this all got started and, and the progression to what I mean, this is really, truly one of the most spectacular cameras and long term. It's been going for years and years and years. And it's really I, the, the amount of natural history that we're learning from what barred owls do when they nest, the types of foods, the duration, the the incubation, you know, how the female incubates. The, I mean, it's just fascinating. So how, how did this all get started and, and uh, how long have you been doing it? I started this owl box in 1998. Whoa. So this is our like 23rd, <laughs> wow. uh, fourth year actually. And so, uh, but the, it goes back a little before that. So, my wife, Nancy, and I, we moved into a wooded area and had a lot of old, ancient beech trees and with the tops busted out and kind of hollow. And so right actually next to our house, maybe 20 feet away in the top of it, there was a barred owl nest year after year. And we can look out our upstairs windows with our young daughters <laughs> cool. and point to the when the baby owls came out on the little branches nice. and then we would read books and so they just you know about owl baby wow. owls and they just thought it was normal they thought everybody had baby owls in their backyard then there was the sad year maybe mid-90s when the tree fell over hmm. uh, as all these old beaches do eventually they blow over and fortunately miss the house but no more uh <laughs> barred owl in that but we had still some great trees and I had a pignut hickory that was just perfectly positioned and I uh, even back then the internet was good enough that there was this guy that had put up a barred owl box and he'd gotten barred owls living in it and he was posting pictures that he had taken of the barred owls in his box and he was he would just post them on the internet well I'm thinking you know I've been doing bird feeder camps since yeah. 1995 I think we had the 50th camera on the internet back on in 1995 showing birds at bird feeders so i'm going yeah. well i can do that yeah uh, and you're not and you're not talking just the 50th bird cam you're talking the 50th, 50th internet camera. live camera yeah. period <laughs> we, yeah we were like the 50th camera ever it was, it was pioneering us, it it was us and and people's cats playing and, and <laughs> you know you could watch their aquarium fish oh there you go and that was about it <laughs> And so, and bird feeders. So I'm going, well, I can figure this out. And there was a really primitive camera available back then, but I put it in anyway, uh, as easy as to get to, because it's 32 feet up a tree. And it's really, you know, it takes a bit of doing to get a rope up there and to get the climber up there and to make any changes. And it all has to be done before nesting or uh, before the first egg is laid. Because mm -hmm. once the, that egg is laid and mama's going to be in there forever yeah you can't go up there and change anything so it's got to be right and jim i don't uh, think i don't gotta, think pe i don't think people realize that it's hardwired it's right it's got 200 it, feet yeah of, of power over ethernet uh, land cable going out there <laughs> wow and of course i should have it in in probably 
metal tubing, but I don't. So I, you know, on occasion a chipmunk chews it, and that creates a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get on that tubing next the year. Microphone, okay. uh, the cameras didn't always have a built-in mic, so the microphone would have its own cable, and that always got chewed up. That would be a problem. Sometimes during once the mama's already there, I'd have to get a, a spare microphone. Put on a, I'd have a 25 foot pole and I'd attach the microphone to the top of the pole and I'd strap that to the tree near the box. Oh, I That's remember how that. you got the audio. Uh, you've got to learn, you've got to know how the babies uh, act and, and the parents act. So you've got to have the right perch. And, and so this year is a really hardy perch. And I'm using, uh, actually, if you look closely, you can see it's manzanita wood that just doesn't rot. Oh, wow. I had a spare piece of that in my garage and I thought this will be great because it just doesn't rot. Mm -hmm. And so other perches I'd put up would eventually rot. Oh and, yeah. Uh, so talk about having that perch and we can talk a little <laughs> bit later about yeah. what's the importance of having a perch on the outside of an owl box? Because most of our songbird boxes, we recommend don't put a perch on a songbird nest box because then it just helps invite predators and makes it more easy for them to to access the box, but owls are a little different, aren't they? <laughs> I think it's a little different for the parents and the babies. So the parents would fly right into the hole. Uh, you know, they'd just land in, on the hole, I think. I've never actually done it without a perch, but I think they'd be fine if they had to. But the perch is really makes it comfortable for the parents to come and land. They get to pose for the outside camera. <laughs> the important and, things for yeah. us, right? <laughs> there you go. Especially, it's really important for the babies because once they crawl up, uh, they're they're going to sit in the nest hole for a little while, but then their first forays out of the <laughs> nest is going to be on the perch. And that's something that everyone's looking forward to when they first pop up in the little the entrance hole, or for them, the exit hole, <laughs> and just sit there. It's so cute. When the babies are out on the perch, we can just walk out back of our house and we're 40 feet away and look up at them, say hi and talk to them, take pictures. And, and they don't they mind, just, huh? They just look back at us. Yeah. <laughs> hi, Dad. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> there are times when the babies have left the box and they're on the ground. A couple of times we actually even went over, put on some uh, thick gloves, picked them up, put them up, because we did know maybe <clears throat> there were some, you know, dogs or coyotes in the area and we yeah, just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to risk it. Just help them get up on a tree, and they right away they go right up, and there's no problem at all. So, uh, but we do like to be there when they fledge, and just in case the really you know their first fledge they end up on the ground can be a mm -hmm. little scary. Well, and that's interesting too because when they first fledge, a lot of times when birds fledge the nest, they fly away, but yeah. but not the owls. And so, oddly enough, no, Brian, they can fly about uh, fly a little 10 bit. feet. Kind of going down. A little bit. <laughs> you falling, can call it flying or falling. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> falling with styles, but they can hop pretty far. They can hop yeah. about four feet to get mm -hmm. off the the uh, the box onto a neighboring tree branch, and then uh, then they climb. They can climb like crazy up about any tree, even a fairly thick trunk. They'll just grab onto the bark and climb right up. It. So grabbing on but, with their beak and their feet. They to, do, yeah, and their wings, they wrap their wings around it, oh. and, and, and they just wrap <laughs> onto it and hold onto it going up. <laughs> the variety 
and the immense quantity of food that starts getting dropped off. That has been honestly one of the biggest revelations and one of the coolest things to watch is, is that variety of, of food that's being brought to that box by these birds. So it does kind of beg the question, what kind of habitat do you have around your house to supply all that food? It's, and it actually is a, it's a small forest in width, but it is long and there's uh, water. We have streams, lakes, pastures, overgrown areas, deep forest, young forest, old forest. So we really have it all. We have every habitat that they might find available. So a lot of people do ask, how do I do this in my own backyard? And, and this is not the kind of thing where you can like build the habitat and, and just make them show up. You've got to already have the habitat for this to have any kind of success. So there are commercially available boxes on the market that I think would work. I would probably add a perch to them, something that generally doesn't come with them. I would start putting these up at least 16 to 20 feet, which still is not very comfortable with a ladder. So you have to decide on the safety issues there. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't put <laughs> any lower than that and I, I put on the north side so the south sun is not hitting it uh, all the time because uh, they can get kind of hot in there and uh, so I would just say have patience if you put it up uh, you've got to have patience and keep an eye out because they can actually be sneaking in and out of there at nighttime mm -hmm. and you don't even know they're using it so try it and see if it works. So, Jim, this, again, the camera's been up and, and running for a long time. It's actually part of the Cornell Lab of Ornithology's uh, website. It's one of the uh, bird cams, the nest cams that they feature, and, and that has brought an incredible audience. I mean, the duration is from now until sometime probably early May when we it actually is. fledge yeah. the young. So, I mean, there are people that watch this thing for months. So, what do you, what do you think the appeal is, and, and, and why have we gotten such a big audience? Well, first, let me just say how wonderful it's been to work with the Cornell Laboratory of Ornithology. And Charles Eldermeyer is their person yeah. in charge of all their cams, and he deserves so much credit. Been there, uh, we record everything so they can go back and take a recording of whatever happened and share it with everybody. And it's mostly done through Twitter. And it's really right on the spot. And you can scroll back for 12 hours on what we're showing you. It's amazing how they are. They are just spot on. I can't imagine the amount of video that they're scrolling back through overnight right. to find all these amazing clips that you, we get to watch. And then, yeah, it's great. And then they'll put, they'll combine an, uh, an inside uh, video with an outside of the, the owl, like landing mm -hmm, on the box mm -hmm, with the mm -hmm. outside and then, then, then merge it with the inside. The owl shows up inside. It's pretty cool. It, it really is a view into a world that cannot be seen any other way. Yeah. Open up a new new world. Can, can you kind of elaborate on that for us? Well, I really hear how much people enjoy watching this, how, how really involved they get, especially when the babies come uh, and, and we get to watch them go from, you know, little hatchlings to to fledglings and you know when it's all over in may it really uh, people cry cry tears of yeah, yeah. well of sorrow for doggone it's over yeah, and I, I enjoyed watching it but also tears of joy that these babies made it and they're now out in the world and we got to watch the incredible natural adventure from egg to wing and it, it's pretty wonderful thing. So I'm so happy to be able to share this with everybody and I hope everybody enjoys watching it. Oh, and it's amazing because most people don't ever get to see an owl 
most of the time, if, if you have any owl experience, you've heard an owl because you can't even hear them when they fly over. You just hear them talking because they have that the way their feathers are for silent flight to be amazing hunters as that adaptation for nighttime hunting. But we get this wonderful peak that you provide us. So Jim, a lot of people are going to want to go see this owl nest cam. Where are the best places to find this? Well, a great place to start is the Wild Birds Unlimited Barred Owl Cam, which is wbu.com forward slash owl dash cam. And <laughs> that page will show both cameras. So it's really cool. You can see both cameras at once, the nice, inside nice. camera and the outside camera. And then when you scroll down a little bit, you can see the Twitter feed that Cornell Lab is overseeing so you can keep updated and everything. And if you want to, you can click through and go either to YouTube or the or the, uh, the Twitter feed from there. But that's where I would start. All right, so hey guys, I've got uh, a yeah. question here. John, I, I remember you're pretty good at doing a barred out call. Uh, <laughs> can you do one for us? Actually, Brian and I both, uh, uh, Brian's not too shaggy either. Oh, so. well then, I want to hear <laughs> we, could, we could do a duet, you know. We <laughs> could do you one, one could do the uh, male and one could do the female. But. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let people decide. You right, let, come on, guys. Yeah, I, I guess so go ahead and put me on the spot it. here, Jim. Let me, see what I, let me see what I can do. Let me ask you that. Just you put me on the spot. There we go. Here comes. Here comes the other guy. And then, can you do what I call the monkey call, which is? <laughs> okay. That's, that is actually what we hear outside every night right yeah. now yeah. as they're mating yeah. and laying eggs so it's pretty crazy well there's one other thing that we also hear and i get calls or emails every august Eep. 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 so those <laughs> those baby barn owls it's the babies they, absolutely they're with mom and dad you know okay so they hatch they're still with mom and dad through the summer and by around August time, generally, is when mom and dad are like, all right, we've fed you enough. It's time for <laughs> yeah. you to move yeah. on. And that's, that's their right. begging call. Yeah. And, and that's when they're really being weaned. That's like well, that's time one to advantage get us going we around. have of having the, the box right in our backyard is that when, when they fledge out of the box and, and the season for the streaming cam is over, it's not over for us because we right. do get to hear the babies Neat. and we can spot them up in the trees for literally two to three months after Neat. they have fledged. That's just and then so probably by September, we don't hear or see them mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. We just did an episode on nesting birds called Nesting Neighbors. And what advice would you have for people of, you know, not everyone's going to be able to put up an owl box and be able to have that peak. What kind of advice would you give people for being able to have some kind of sneak peek or, or host birds in their backyard to raise a family? Well, any kind of uh, bird feeding setup would be the way to go. It could be as simple as a hummingbird feeder that is just gonna bring in hummingbirds. And that's a very simple thing to do and can be done just about anywhere. And uh, especially if you have any kind of a flower garden that might bring them into your yard as well. Uh, or native trees and their flowers and so forth. 
uh, any, uh, just a, you know, even just a simple uh, platform or tray or your deck rail, put some bird food out on it. Uh, or, you know, you can get into, you know, any other kind of bird feeding with a feeder and uh, the birds will come to that. So that's really the best place to start is, I think, with that. You can then do the other kinds of boxes. Although, again, once the birds are in those boxes, they're kind of hard to see. But I would definitely go for a chickadee box or a wren box. Uh, you might have Carolina wrens or house wrens. And then bluebirds are yeah. certainly everybody's favorite <laughs> if there are potentially bluebirds in your area. It t- does take a little bit of research to understand how to properly do a bluebird box because there are just things that, that you need to know when you're doing a bluebird box to make sure you've got it in the right place and for the safety of the bluebird family, all yeah. sorts of things that you can research on that. But that could be a family project to look it up online and see if you're doing everything right. If anything's come through from today, it's what an incredible effort on your part it is to make this happen. And uh, we just want to thank you for doing that. It's, it is one of the coolest things that, that I think we can all experience in regards to learning more about these birds. So thank you for doing that. And I think maybe time to wrap up. All right, guys. Well, hey, well, thanks for featuring the Wild Birds Unlimited, Bard Al Cam on your podcast. And hey, good job on all your podcasts. Appreciate all you're doing. Thanks, Jim. Well, on behalf of all of us at Wild Birds Unlimited, we thank you for joining us for this portion of Nature Centered Podcast, all about the Owl Nest Cam. And hey, remember, please rate and review us on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. And I also would suggest that people check out WBU.com for our show notes for this show because there's going to be a tremendous amount of additional information in regards to barred owls, more information about the Nest Cam and that type of thing. So don't forget our show notes, folks. Please join us next time. We're going to be talking about habitat habits, things you can do in your backyard to improve your habitat for birds. And we're going to have a very special guest, David Mesajewski, the naturalist for the National Wildlife Federation. But as always, until then, We're going to let nature be our guide. Take care and be safe. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nature Centered. To subscribe to this podcast, for show notes, or to connect with the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com slash podcast. Until we meet again, take some time to relax, enjoy the birds, get out in your backyard, and stay nature-centered.